Hello, and welcome to ADHD Essentials, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Mahan. I'm a former teacher and mental health clinician turned ADHD coach, trainer, and consultant. I can be reached at brendan at adhdessentials.com. Here at ADHD Essentials, we help families develop the skills and knowledge needed to better manage attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Visit ADHDessentials.com for more details. What's up, team? Next week, I'll be announcing when registration opens for the next round of ADHD Essentials coaching groups. And this time, there'll be parenting groups and wall of awful groups. And speaking of things you want to be a part of, Eric Tivers, Will Kerb, and I will be hosting the ADHD Rewired live Q&A on Tuesday, August 12th at 1.30 Eastern. Go to ADHDrewired.com events to register. And of course, Eric and Will are part of the ADHD Rewired podcast network. The flagship show is ADHD Rewired, hosted by Eric Tivers. It's a Q&A format podcast where you'll learn about ADHD from experts and people who are living with it. And in Hacking Your ADHD, Will Curb shares practical, actionable tips to help you better manage the disorder. And of course, a big thank you to Jeffrey Gordon of Ideal Video Strategies. I couldn't keep up this pace without him. Welcome to the show. Today, we're talking to Eddie Martucci. Eddie is the co-founder and CEO of Akili Interactive, a digital medicine company. That prescription video game for treating ADHD that you've been hearing about? That's the work of Eddie and Akili. In today's episode, we talk about Endeavor RX, the aforementioned prescription video game. We discuss how it came about, the thinking that went into it, how it's different from other video games, what it does and doesn't do, whether it works for adults, and whether or not it can be used by kids with video game addiction. All right, let's get rolling. Uh, my name is Eddie Martucci. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Achille Interactive. Achille is a digital medicine company, so we formed the company with a pretty audacious and big goal that we want medicine of the future to be experienced in an entirely new way and ideally work in a new and different way. Um, so we, we've been on that journey for close to 10 years now. Wow, that's a long time. And when you say a new way, what do you mean? Yeah, there's multiple perspectives or angles on that, uh, on that experienced in a new way. Um, the first is we started the company really thinking about the brain and seeing that um, brain intervention or, or treatments for conditions of the brain hadn't really evolved in decades, literally. They we're using the same basic technologies, medicine, et cetera, um, that was invented many decades ago. And innovation has been incremental. So you have huge patient needs that still exist. Happy to go into that. You have huge patient needs that still exist that existed decades ago. So what we need is something nuanced. We need something new. And we're most interested in cognitive function, kind of how the brain is functioning on a second-by-second -second basis and processing information. Um, but also, if you zoom up to kind of 100,000 feet, medicine has fallen into this rut, in my perspective, where we've accepted that it has to be cold and scary and, you know, have, for lack of a better phrase, side effects or have trade-offs, sacrifices that we have to make. And, well, geez, I wish I didn't have to do X, Y, or Z, but that's medicine. And 
Um, I just don't think that needs to be true. And with the advent of technology that's as powerful as, as it is today, I think that in the moment of the experience of medicine, if we could aspire to say, when you're taking your medicine, you're forgetting that you're actually taking medicine, um, then that, that would be massive. And I think maybe for the first time with digital technology, it's actually possible. Yeah. And because what we're here to talk about is Endeavor RX, which is that innovative future looking approach to medicine that you're talking about here, because it's not a pill or a balm or an elixir or anything like that. It's a video game, which is completely new because you're the first video game to get approval from the FDA. Am I right about this? That's right. Yeah. The product is, um, we like to say it similar to how you just said it, that um, we're the first intervention for neurological conditions that isn't delivered through a pill or isn't ingested or isn't put on the body, um, but instead is delivered through an exciting, engaging experience. Um, in our case, what we do is we deliver really specific sensory and motor stimuli that happens on a second by second basis, um, but we code that into a video game. So um, what we've been doing over the last, geez, at this point, seven years is running clinical trials with a product that children are going home with or adults are going home with that is on an iPad or an iPhone and you're playing a video game, but you're getting a very sophisticated delivery of sensory and motor stimuli. Um, and we just took that whole system through a very long, not only clinical trial, but regulatory process so that it can be prescribed by doctors. So it is the first FDA cleared treatment of any kind that's a video game. We believe it's the first um, prescription video game of any type so that doctors in their regular medical treatment practice can uh, use our treatment alongside other treatments. So I have so many questions. Go for it. And I'm sure my audience is also like, I have so many questions. <laughs> Just to kind of quell some of those thoughts that my audience might be having, I'm going to rattle off a few of those questions so that they know we're going to get to them. And then we'll start with the beginning. Some of the questions that immediately jump to mind are, what is this like as an experience? If it's a prescription video game. How is it different from all the other video games that exist, right? Like, can any video game do this? And the one that I'm sure is dragging the focus of a lot of people is, my kid is already addicted to video games. Why would I want him to play a video game if he's already got a video game addiction as an ADHD kid? Like, how is this a good plan? And you're smiling already as I say that. So clearly you've heard these questions an awful lot. <laughs> and another one that might be dancing in people's thoughts is the idea that this is a cure-all, which it's not. And I'm sure we're going to get to that as well. But can we start with just what is the experience of playing Endeavor like? And I don't even know if playing is the right word, but using Endeavor. What is that experience like? How is it different from other video games? What's, what's happening there? Sure. Um, the, the best way to describe what Endeavor is like is to understand what it's trying to do for um, the child. So the core technology underneath this video game experience is deploying really rapid set of rewards and things on your screen that you have to manage in real time. And what it's doing is forcing the front part of your brain, what's called the midline prefrontal cortex. So the front part of your brain that essentially is the attention control center of the brain. It's forcing that part of the brain to deal with lots of competing stimuli in real time. And right where you're weak, right where uh, you might be losing attention or not be able to handle the, the pretty tough goal in front of you, it's pushing you right at that boundary level. Um, the reason I say all that is because then it makes sense why the game interface looks the way it does. So um, the whole treatment experience is 
meant to deliver this stimulus, right? The things popping up on your screen, the, the goals you have to achieve to specifically treat attention impairments. That's what this product does. It's 100% around attentional function, how you control your attention, how you process the information coming in, how you decide that uh, you want to pay attention to something that really is boring, all of that. So we sort of flip on its head that interestingly, the, we think the best way to train that part of the brain that has to do these really hard tasks is to put these really complex stimuli into a really cool, fun experience. So when you're using this product, and, and I said all that really meaty last couple minutes on purpose, so you understand what's under the hood. When you're using the product, the best way to describe it from a, like what the user sees is that this is like a racing game. So what's happening is um, you have a little figure, a little avatar, and you're driving that avatar through different worlds, alien worlds, uh, sea worlds, etc. And you're collecting things along the way. So you're on this journey, if you will, to help your character. But what's happening every single second of the experience is that the things that are jumping up on the screen at you are specifically designed measuring your ability levels to push you right where you're at your weak spot. So it is fun, it's exciting, but it's hard. It's not the most fun video game you're ever gonna play. And in fact, it's extremely repetitive. And in that way, you can think about it like a, like a Mario Kart or other racing games where you will repeat similar races or courses over and over and over. In our case, it's not because we want you to get the best time trial you can, it's because um, the more you do that, the more you're targeting that center of the brain and attention function is, is improving dramatically over time. So mentioning Mario Kart makes me wonder what platforms this is available on and are you looking at making it available on like video game platforms? At the moment, it's just an app, right? Like it's an app that I can get on my phone or an iPad. Do I have that correct? Yeah, the whole, actually the treatment experience has a couple parts to it. I'm really glad you asked about it. Um, so uh, we, the treatment's delivered as what we're calling the Endeavor Care Program. Um, we think that cognitive conditions, right, how, how the brain's functioning, how someone's doing things like paying attention or memory or other things. In medicine today, we don't treat that as a chronic or ongoing condition that we really need to care about. And I think we should. I agree. Very much like if you have a, you know, metabolic condition, diabetes or something else, there's a multi-pronged approach where you get a treatment, but you also need a care management plan, right? So that you know how to go about your daily life. So we do the same thing. I think it's the first time you've had a care management program designed for um, attention, um, which is interesting. So what we have is a treatment in the child's hands. And for, for that, the child is getting Endeavor RX, the video game. Um, there's also applications in parents' hands where they're able to track their child. We have a, an app called ADHD Insight where you're able to track your child's behaviors and symptoms, the things that most matter to you in daily life. Ideally, the impairments that are holding your child back that are related to his or her attention. And we have a patient support service where you can you know, either virtually or um, right now live people um, that you can call and, and get support from and can walk you through. So that's really how, how the whole treatment um, program is delivered. Awesome. And is there a plan for Endeavor RX to eventually be on like video game platforms like PlayStation or Nintendo Switch or something like that? Yes. Today, the treatment part of the care program, so the treatment that the child gets is delivered in an, you download the app and then you activate it with a doctor prescription and you have that treatment on iPhones, either phones or tablets. Um, and so, you know, iPhones, iPads, etc. Our goal from sort of on initial launch is that we want this to be accessible by a vast majority of households. 
in, in a very simple way that it can be part of your daily life. So what we found best in our earliest, earliest research when we started studying this was phones and tablets make the most sense, right? Children are moving, you know, they're at school sometimes, they're in school sometimes, they're between parents' houses, um, you know, they, they might be going to camp. And what we don't want is that treatment experience to be interrupted. So today, our, our focus is mobile applications for phones and tablets. We've definitely discussed how interesting it would be for uh, the product to operate on gaming platforms and or even on PCs, um, on, on laptops, on what have you. It can. We've actually piloted it in different uh, environments. In fact, we've, we even have an R&D team that's piloted this in VR. Um, so you can do the experience in VR, um, but not the commercial experience yet. So I think a lot of that's for the future. Um, right at the beginning, we're focused on you know the most accessible lightweight platform. That makes sense. Yeah. And I guess my thought process was, as a parent, if I want my kid to do this and I know they want to play Mario Kart, I can be like, all right, we'll do Endeavor first. <laughs> and then when you're done with Endeavor, then you can play Mario Kart if you still want to do a racing game. And, and if it's on the same platform, then it's easier for them to just do Endeavor and then do the other thing. You might be a product designer in a previous life. I don't know your background, but that's a, that's a really good thought process. Um, and actually, we, I, my hope is that a lot of parents think like you did. I, I think the mistake would be saying, oh, thank God I can swap in Endeavor RX for all my child's other video game time. That's not true because you know this is not built to be the most amazing entertainment experience it can. This is built to be a medicine that has really good user experience. And that's, that's a big difference. Yeah. And it's just a different thing. It's not a video game. I mean, it is, but it isn't. Exactly right. That's like saying like, oh, my kid, my kid loves to read. So I'm going to count his time reading the novel that he has to read for class as how much time I let him read for. <laughs> Your kid is not going to like the novel they have to read for class just because they have to read it for class. Yeah, right. They might have picked it up on their own and loved it, but because it's assigned to them, they're not going to enjoy it. This is kind of the same thing. It is. And big change is hard, right? We kind of know this. And what we're doing, the way this is designed, and this has been, this was actually researched, the platform was researched about 10 years before we even turned it into a real product and started doing clinical trials. And it's designed to target and change how the brain is processing information at a really basic level. That's hard. That takes time. It's like, uh, you know, imagine uh, we all know like acquiring an instrument skill, right? Learning piano or or something physical fitness, right? Learning a sport. We understand that that's something that it actually takes hard work. A lot of the bumps along the way are not necessarily fun. You don't want to go to every single practice. Um, you do have to do your piano scales like every single day and, and it's hard sometimes. Um, but we need to think about intervention for conditions the same way, right? I think if we fall into a trap where we say, well, there must be a quick fix that has, that is easy, that takes no work. You know, I, I just don't think that's how you're going to get real change, at least for cognitive conditions. And I think, you know, we have a lot of respect for families. We know that families, once they understand it, um, they have a ton of uh, stick-to-itiveness and perseverance. So um, what we want is families to just understand what they're getting into. And we're very confident that families of children with ADHD understand what it means to, you know, work through something to get the benefit at the end. Yeah. It's looking at 10% better. It's not a magic cure-all. It's 10% better, 10% better, 10% better. And the compounding interest of that 10%
over an extended period of time becomes powerful. Exactly. But you need the extended period of time for that power to hit. Exactly. I'll give you an example from our clinical data, um, which is really interesting. We have, so what went into our FDA application was five clinical trials over 60, uh, I'm sorry, over 600 patients studied in five clinical trials, you know, with institutions like Duke University and, and others that we've done clinical research with. And what we find is uh, in the first week or two, you don't see a difference at all. Right. And, and I make that analogy of piano, man, if you listen to someone playing piano in the first week or two, like it's chaos, right? There's no, there's no improvement. And we see the same thing, right? The brain's molding, but we see, you know, very little observable improvement in the first few weeks and attention or, or someone's ability to focus. Um, by the end of a month of treatment, we get about 50% of families. Uh, actually, if you measure a child's attention objectively, about 50% have hit a clinically meaningful improvement. And if you look at child's impairments in daily life, about 50% of parents have seen some sort of change. After a second month of treatment, that now jumps up to 70%. So that's kind of the, that's the work we're talking about, right? Is if, if you're looking to say, hey, let me try this for a couple of days and, and you know, hope everything's all better, well, that you're going to be disappointed because that's not how it's designed. But if we can help you through rewards and other things and motivation work through a few months of treatment, um, you have a very high percentage chance that you're going to see something meaningfully different in your child. And they're now, we believe, on a much better trajectory to go conquer the world. Cool. One of the things we keep saying is child and kid. Does this work for adults too? Good question. It's one of our most common questions, actually. Most people say, yeah, this is great that we can help so many children, but can I get this? Or you know, can't this be? Yeah, because we know ADHD is hereditary. So if you've got a kid with ADHD, mom or dad probably have it too. Can they benefit? I agree. And I'll even go beyond ADHD. The technology that we started with here, well, first of all, all right, let me back up. We're definitely a company that is geared toward helping children with ADHD now with Endeavor RX, but we built the company to support a whole platform of products that go far beyond children and far beyond ADHD. The technologies that we build are not based in any one specific diagnostic condition. They're based on brain networks. So we try to take in technologies that we believe are best in the world to be able to specifically target and activate certain brain regions that goes across different diagnostic conditions. So actually, even this first technology that powers Endeavor RX that, you know, deploys fast place uh, stimulus and makes you multitask in a really intense way, we've taken the Endeavor prototype. We've also built other video game prototypes on top of that same engine technology and we've done studies in adults with depression. We've done studies in um, adults with multiple sclerosis, older adults with brain injuries. What we've seen, you know, not, not 100%, but pretty consistently across the board in our clinical trials is that we can have a dramatic improvement in attention functioning and speed of processing and the way the brain processes information and people are able to focus independent of the diagnostic classification. So that's for the platform. That's not clinically validated yet. We can't make that claim, nor would we. The doctor prescription Endeavor RX product is only for children with ADHD, but we absolutely, because of our clinical research, we have plans to expand this platform out and have a whole range of products that can help a lot of populations. Um, going back to why we founded the company, we just think that cognitive function has been significantly overlooked in medicine. Um, we, we tend, we, the Royal We of Medicine tends to focus on the noisy symptoms of a disease, you know, is a child jumping out of his seat? Is an adult sad? But we're not necessarily focusing on, well, how, how good is that engine up in, in your head? How tuned is it? And that's what we want to do for many people. 
One of the things that I really like about what you just said was you brought up using it with adults who have multiple sclerosis, with adults who have depression, and then you didn't say that it treats any of those things. You said that it helps those adults attend. It helps them with their attention. And the fact that you split that hair so well makes me really happy (laughs) because one of the things that drives me crazy is when something new comes along and people decide that it's a cure-all. And that's not what you're saying here. You're not even saying that it cures ADHD. You're saying that it helps improve attention and that's it. And that's what you're aiming at. So I just want to, I want to share my appreciation of that very specific objective that you're sharing with us. Thank you. Yeah, we, we definitely, unfortunately, live in a world where companies sometimes are trying to make investors happy and trying to capitalize on momentum and they'll oversell. Um, we also, unfortunately, have a long history and ADHD families know this well of products that just haven't been validated at all and are making egregious claims. So our theory all along has been to do the opposite. You know, we've been in existence almost 10 years. We haven't sold product yet um, because we've been doing clinical trials so that we can see how it performs and how it helps people. And this product is not meant to cure ADHD. It's not even meant to address all the symptoms of ADHD. Um, You know, if, if someone's primary issue is hyperactivity, we would say, this product is not indicated for you. You know, we, we're telling doctors, like people who have primary hyperactivity issues, don't even bother thinking about Endeavor, right? So we're not trying to sell the treatment to everyone that, you know, would possibly be interested. This is really specifically around the cognitive symptoms and impairments that relate to attention. It's critically important to me. I guess I have a theory that if you're really clear on what you do very well and how you fit into someone's life very well, Enough people are going to benefit that, that it will help and then build a nice business. We don't have to oversell. And in fact, we'd be doing a big disservice to the world if we did. Awesome. Let's circle over to the next hard question. Sure. Which is, how does video game addiction factor into whether or not I want my kid to use Endeavor? Yeah, addiction is a really serious question. Um, You know, I have three young boys myself, and I'm constantly thinking about how much screen time do I want them to have, right? These are real considerations where you're worrying about, uh, as a parent, how much is too much? And we don't know, right? It's concerning. What I would say is, I think the world has evolved in the last five years from a fear as these devices became ubiquitous and kids were spending many waking hours on screens, a fear that it's binary, either good or bad, right? And we have to make a judgment that screens are either good or bad. I think we've evolved past that, um, where you have most households, certainly a lot of experts, even big groups like the American Pediatric Association saying, not all screen time's created equal. There's good and bad screen time. We've all, I think, learned that in the last few months that with the COVID epidemic, um, we have to do schools through screens. So clearly not all screen time is bad. Our theory is that screens are not going away and screens generally provide a positive benefit to people's lives, but you can't be on screens all day. And the, what you're using makes a big difference. Most of things out there, let's be honest, even education aren't kind of proven to have a serious benefit for the patient. Um, In our case, the reason we spent all this years and money and everything else on clinical trials was so that you could have confidence and know for this screen time, this small dose of screen time every day, uh, I have confidence that there's a benefit associated with this and that it has very low risk because in our clinical trials, we've not only studied the benefits, we've also studied the risks. 
So for at least our product, I can't speak for other screens, but at least for Endeavor RX, we know very well what the benefits and risks are over the course of a few months. And we lock out the application. So uh, after about 30 minutes every day, um, the treatment is locked and the child can't just go and, and play it ad nauseum. So it's not an easy question, but at least the kind of world we control with the treatment your child might get from Achille, we care really deeply that you have confidence that it's good screen time. The way I often frame screen time for my clients and me and my kids and my family and that kind of stuff is it's sort of two concepts that blend together. One is, are you using the screen as a tool or are you using it for entertainment? Because that's broad swath. That's two very different ways to be using a screen. And it also affects how long you're going to use it. If it's entertainment, it kind of becomes open-ended and you may never stop. But if it's a tool, when you're done, like you found out what the weather is like tomorrow, or you figured out who this actor is and what movie you know him from, which is admittedly more entertainment stuff, but at least you're still sort of using it as a tool. As a goal. Yeah, if there's a goal involved, then you're going to limit the time that you're on the screen. School obviously would be a tool. The other way I frame this sometimes is consumption versus creation, right? Entertainment is more consuming and then a tool is more creation. Yeah. First of all, I love the tool break, the, the way to think about a tool with a specific use and goal. I, I love that. I've never heard anyone quite formulate it that way. It's, it makes a ton of sense to me. I was going to say the, where my head goes is similar to your consumption creation. I think about it as passive versus active engagement. And one of the issues with you know, watching movies or YouTube videos all day or you know, watching your friends play Fortnite all day, for instance, you, know, you fall into a very passive state which is not always bad, right? You need to absorb the world around you. But for hours at a time, just absorbing whatever happens to be on the screen in front of you is very different than you actively engaging to accomplish something. And we know that's what actually engages the neural networks in the brain that you need to then be able to strength, have strength and control something in the future. So when you use Endeavor, yeah, some people have asked us sometimes, do I get to just look at pretty pictures? No, no, no. You're jumping on this thing. You are trying to accomplish a goal and you're working really hard to do it. Um, that type of active engagement, like your analogy of tool, is one of the sort of secret sauces that we think leads to the benefits. You mentioned it sounds like it takes about a half an hour to use Endeavor. Is that accurate? It is an algorithm that really um, changes based on how the individual patient uses it. So it's personalized. But on average, it's in the range of 20 to 30 minutes a day, five days a week. Um, that's kind of how the prescription will work. And of course, a doctor will decide if they think more or less is better. But that's the baseline prescription, if you will, is, the way we studied it in trials is five days a week, about up to 30 minutes a day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You've sort of already answered this, but I guess what sent you to a video game? What made you head in this direction as your modality? Good question. And, you know, when I see the future of digital therapeutics or digital medicine, I, and even at Achille in the future, I don't see it always being constrained to video games. Um, I think the world of digitally delivered medicine, you know, has bounds that are far greater than any of the first products that come out today. But the reason we started there was two things. We were thinking, what is the best way to leverage? And this, remember when we started Achilles, we're nearly 10 years ago. What is the best way to leverage, you know, the phone in your pocket for people that need to really engage with something? And games were, you know, really starting to take off on mobile platforms. And so that was a driver for us. The other is really based on um, the, how the technology works. So 
to do this right, this is not something that a human can even do. This is not something that, you know, a, a, we like to empower, for instance, coaches and therapists, but it's not something that, you know, if you had some tennis balls, you could, okay, let me throw up tennis balls to you and simulate what Endeavor's doing. It is measuring you second by second and very specifically putting things on the screen for you. And to have to do something really hard with many things in the environment, with multiple goals you're trying to juggle, we couldn't think of something better than a game environment to deliver that. Otherwise, it would probably be chaos. Awesome. Cool. Can we circle back to that ADHD Insight app? Sure. And just kind of give us a view of what that is. What's it doing? Because this is something separate from Endeavor, right? It is, yeah. So Endeavor RX comes with the Endeavor Care program and um, and what we call Achilles Care, which is all of the tools supporting successful use of the treatment. You know, if I'm honest, this is not something that we thought of day one. We were really focused on the treatment itself, but it was actually through user research with hundreds of families where we were engaging, you know, Alongside our trials of the treatment, we were engaging with families to understand their needs. We're a product-led organization where we think that our end users, our customers, our our, um, patients should teach us what they need, not just the other way around. So we were doing all these surveys, you know, hundreds of hundreds of user interviews, and you know, working with uh, Chad and other you know local and national chapters to really understand what patients needed. And something that jumped out a lot that we didn't anticipate was people didn't have a great way to kind of structure their observations of their child or in, and this resonated with me, I hadn't even thought about it, but as someone that has three relatively young children, people at the end of their day or at the end of a week or a month are so busy with all the things you have to do to deal with a child in daily life. It's really, really hard to properly remember, well, how's everything going? And the way that this manifested that, that first kind of opened myself and our, our product team's eyes was we realized that for all the investment in new treatments out there, um, what happens today, as we all know well, is you go to a doctor a month or two later and the doctor says, well, how'd it go over the last few months? And you go, good, bad, I'm not sure. We first thought of that as a data problem. Like, okay, we just don't have enough data. And then we realized when really digging in with families that it's actually a control issue. It's people don't have the, don't have the agency or the ability to um, have enough information at their disposal to even feel like they're in control of the you know, chaotic situation of raising a child. So what we did is we built applications, very simple applications based on direct user feedback where we allow you to register the things about your child that you care to improve. Um, the things about your child that you really think is holding them back, inviting a teacher to also log data in the platform. It's a very simple app right at your fingertips and even set things like superpowers for your child. You know, every, every child also has, uh, you know, a bunch of superpowers. So track those. Um, and then we give you really easy, you, you can do everything from, you know, some parents want to be the uh, mini PhD, dig into every little ounce of the data. And then some parents really just want to know, hey, can you tell me, have I had more good days than bad days recently? Um, and so we were able to digest the data at different levels. Um, and, and right now we know from our work with families that it gives a peace of mind that it wasn't there before. And we think that's really important to not only monitor how Endeavor is going, but more generally just to feel supported when you're in a new treatment journey. When it comes to Endeavor, when it comes to even these, the support apps, how do people get them? 
when does when do they become available to the general public if they're not yet? What does that look like? Sure. Yeah, we're hoping to um, launch the Endeavor Care program um, later this year. So we're we're very excited about that. Obviously, we're a really small company, and the FDA news was excellent. Um, but we're also trying to do something really new, which is how do you deliver a prescription video game? So we're building all those systems. You know, we're spending a lot of time actually to make it as seamless as possible for both families and physicians. Um, so. This will be a doctor prescription, and so you'll you'll get it through engaging with your doctor either live or if you have telemedicine, um, and then we'll be able to. We're the point of contact for the doctor's office. Um, you can think about us like the pharmacy. So Achilles will have a a hub where the doctor will route the prescription. We, our support reps will engage directly with families, um, and then we can activate the treatment as soon as as soon as you can. So. Um, you can almost think about this like a little bit more of an efficient way to receive medicine. You know, get, go to your doctor, get the prescription, and hopefully within a day or two can activate on your phone and, and start using it and then get all those other tools around it that support it. And it sounds like hopefully this launches by the end of 2020. Yeah, that's our goal. That's our goal. We know there's a huge demand out there. We know that um, people are really in need and, and very excited about it. And we just want to make sure we can deliver to that. Um, but yeah, our goal has always been as soon as humanly possible um, once we're able to get this in the hands of families. So um, that's a, we have most of our team at Achilles right now is um, 100% geared toward that goal. I hope 2020 cooperates with you because I know it's not cooperating with most of us. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would. I think we'd all love if there were no more curveballs in 2020. Let's have a nice... Uh, nice straight line to the finish, which I'm sure won't happen, but uh, maybe we can provide a little bright light, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. So just being mindful of time, do you have any ending essentials that you'd like to share with our audience? I think that we've gotten used to in medicine, accepting things are the way they are because we're told that's the way they have to be. Uh, and our most important ethos at the core of the business is we want to challenge the status quo out there. We think that's incredibly important for people that have dealt with conditions that relate to the brain because for decades now, people have been told um, you are this or you aren't this and you have limited options and that's the way it's going to be. And what we're trying to do is introduce one tool, you know, not a cure-all, um, but something that is narrow but powerful to help empower people in a brand new way. And what we hope is that people can see and feel empowered in a way that not only do they get something that helps them, um, but it opens their mind to realize, wow, medicine can be so much more than we think it is today. Uh, and that's what we're hoping to do one product at a time as we grow this business. Hey, you're still here. Nice. Thanks for staying focused all the way through. If you have any thoughts or questions about today's episode, feel free to email me at brendan at ADHDessentials.com. And don't forget to check out the website, ADHDessentials.com, and visit our Facebook community. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week. In the meantime, keep focusing on improvement over perfection. 10% better is all you need.